Welcome, friends, to the Budo Brothers Podcast. My name is David, and for the next however long, I will be your humble host. Joining me, as always, are Eric and Kyle, founders of Budo Brothers. Gentlemen, let's get to it. What do you say? How's it going? Excited to get this podcast started. Episode one. Game on. That's right. And so I figure um, we're at the beginning, right? And and there's there's nothing but a but a, a a long stretch of road before us. So so let's do this. Let's start this conversation at the beginning. Cool. Um, and and what I want to know from you guys is we we are here at this point, but there's a, a few years of history uh, for Budo Brothers, and. Let me know. Uh, let let everyone know. How did we start here? Like, how did how did how did this whole thing just kind of uh, incubate and and happen? Awesome. Well, definitely, we can take it from the top. Both Kyle and I have been lifetime martial artists. Really started when I was about five years old. Yeah, I started when I was six. So it's just it was a very strong part of our lives, and we both feel like it really helped us develop the skills and the virtues that are serving us to this day. And it's always been an important part of our lives, and we we absolutely love it, and we train. And one day, (laughs) yeah, it's 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 so incredible on how many times you look into your life, and you know that the values and everything that you learned through all those formative years of martial arts helps you so much going forward. But yeah, we're uh, one day just training on the mats, and literally Kyle comes up to me, he's like, "Yo, we should start a brand." Okay, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was thinking like we're gonna start this super like line of geese. Like, have you heard of the the brand Lululemon? It's, it's wait, Canadian. Lululemon. Oh, is that that's like a yeah, it's like yeah, it's like dance brand. clothes it, and stuff like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it's a Canadian brand. It's super awesome. Like we wanted all these like cashmere, super comfy, comfy, flashy geese. I was like, we're gonna be the Lululemon of martial arts and. I could not. I'm like, you know what? That is probably a good idea. But there's a slight problem. What do we know about apparel manufacturing and the 90 different sizes that we need in geese? And where? how would we do that without spending a boatload of cash that we both don't have? So I love the enthusiasm, Kyle. But I don't know. If we're going to do this, we got to start small. Yeah, so the goal was... We had to start the company for a thousand dollars, five hundred for myself, five hundred from Eric, and we had to figure out how we were going to get this done. We had to get ultra creative because we had no resources. We had to spend the time and learn on uh, building a website, online marketing, how to develop a product, and uh, we got pretty creative. And the first product we dropped is is pretty cool. So, literally coming up with since we only had a thousand dollars in startup capital and we started treating this like an education session this is an opportunity to learn and grow skill sets that can be used in so many different areas so we we thought well let's treat it like that let's treat it like this education let's learn how to do all of this and give it a go and the worst thing that can happen is we're down a thousand bucks but we both learned a whole bunch of new skills. So the first product we came up with, we were like, well, what can we do that's simple, not a lot of you know input capital, and nothing too crazy, but still unique and a one-of-a-kind product. So we actually started in the art that we were training in, in ninjutsu. 
uh, they train with a three foot staff called a hanbo. It's, and it's essentially a dowel. It's a stick, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. A dowel, yep. Pretty much. Uh, but we wanted to make it ultra premium. So we wanted to source some of the most exotic woods, sustainably, obviously. The woods that are, when you feel them, you can be like, all right, this is a qual. Somebody put presence into this, and I'm feeling it. So we didn't want to have just a stick from Home Depot. This had to be exotic. Had to be all. You, when you felt it, you could see that it was polished by hand. And not only that, like you have to think like the creativity that we had to get into to market a stick on the internet. <laughs> Can you imagine if somebody came up to you and put a business? The, uh, a business plan on your desk and said, hi, I want to sell sticks on the internet. They, you'd be laughed out of the office <laughs> and you're sending stick pics all over the place on your social media marketing. Stick pic for you. Stick exactly. pic for you. That's Sli- a- slide into people's DM with stick pics. With the stick pics. All about the stick pics. And we took quite a few stick pics over Thousands our days. Of stick pics. Yeah. Sent them chicks dig it. Yeah, chicks dig stick pics. But not only that. <laughs> Hashtag, we claim that hashtag. <laughs> Not only that, is like the we had to treat that that launch, the dropping the product on the internet, our first product, like an Apple launch. So like we put so much attention and care into the drop of this product. Like I remember when we of were the first hand, starting the handbo, right? Like the, the mm-hmm. hambo, yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, we spent two hours arguing where we are right now on the color of the button for the checkout. Mm-hmm. I wanted salmon because I thought it was going to be eye catching and fresh. Salmon. And he wanted red. And I wanted white. Oh, yeah. White. It was white versus salmon. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it ended up being red. <laughs> yeah. But it, it being red, not salmon. Red. But I really wanted the You salmon. wanted the salmon. It was like this weird pink cream was, color. There's a difference was... between pink and salmon, bro. Dude, salmon it... is. Like, you know, girls dig salmon. Like, you know, that guy's wearing a salmon shirt. It looked like Pepto-Bismol. There's no way it looked like Pepto-Bismol. Anyways, it was a salmon button, and we wanted it. We made it red. But back to the point, we wanted to drop this thing like it was an Apple product. It would be like, ladies and gentlemen, the Humble! Oh, my God! Unveil the... Oh, big, big deal to our three followers. Yeah, and exactly that. We had... We had three followers. My and mom, his mom, and some buddy I paid. <laughs> Dad. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we put this thing up, took all the pictures, got it all nice, created a cool video where Eric was doing a backflip. Yeah, that, that was a, We should, honestly, we should dig that video up yeah. and put it in the show notes. Uh, in the show notes, we will, set, we will have a link of Eric. Posing with the hombo in the back. Oh, oh. But it was good. He could, he, he's good. He's talented with it, the hombo at least. Yeah. The best part was we both had no idea what we were doing. Yeah. And we just right. wanted to learn. And we wanted to learn. And we always knew that if we came at it with the intention to serve other people, that it would work out. And that's exactly the wave that we've caught and the clarity that we've got over this journey and how important focusing on serving other people is and it wasn't until we launched the stick that we realized like wow not only is there a underserved niche here but there's a community there's a community of like-minded martial artists that want to learn and grow 
alongside each other and are students. They're students of life. They want to learn. They want to gain knowledge from different styles, different systems, different masters. And that resonated with us. And that's kind of how we started to morph. We're like, yeah, let's go explore new styles. Let's go look at other products that we could bring into the mix. mix. Yeah. And, you know, back to community there, we did unmask a martial arts community. And it is such a powerful, strong community. And so supportive and we're so grateful to have it and that's exactly what happened when we dropped the hombo we started actually selling a product online and it was to this fantastic community that started to support us right and we just got super pumped and we realized that by helping to serve others in this niche we could expand it out to all martial arts Mm -hmm. and to continue to create and fortify just this giant community full of good like-minded people such as yourself who we found through this community through the mix and look at us now right. we're sitting here sharing the love and passion of martial arts and hoping to help spread a positive message to people through a microphone beautiful well here's something that's that's really interesting to me is that because yeah i like i hear you guys tell this story and you know we we've, we've we've talked um for like a couple years now and and it's always kind of sticks in my head because you really aren't you know, yes, you started out with a Hanbo, right? Mm-hmm. But you didn't sell a stick and, and you didn't really sell anything. You know, the only thing that, that, that real what that really did was provide a vehicle for people that you resonate with and that resonate with you to come together. Cool. And, and that's how, that's how a community gets built, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you find these things that are, that are similarities and you're sitting there, you know, somebody's sitting there that, that maybe just ordered this thing and they're like, man, I didn't know anybody was into this. And, and these guys mm-hmm. like, you know, what they say really resonates. I can buy a stick at Home Depot, but I need that Hanbo because I know what kind of care and, and everything that they put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious about something just from a business standpoint. And, and this is something that like I, I kind of had in my head and I'm wondering if you guys have run into this and what your philosophy is as far as this because it's kind of like a it's like a product cliche right they say that you've got time you've got cost you've got quality and you have to pick two do you subscribe to that or or what is your what is your thought on that um in in terms of creating a product and bringing it to market and and just kind of getting the whole ball rolling was that ever a concern or was it just you know what, we're, we're just flying out here and, and we're not even going to pay attention to that kind of thing. We just want to create the thing that we need to create. Like, how did that, how did this, this genesis of, of like this first product kind of happen that way? So what were the three components again? Could you repeat that for me? It was time. Yep. So, so they say that you've got time. So, so you've got like a speed of delivery, you know, are you, are you getting something in somebody's hands fast? Um, is it high quality? Is it cheap? And pick two. Because there's, it's usually very, very difficult to run a business and sustain all three. And so I'm wondering if that is anything that you've ever even considered or if you've ever heard before, maybe you've never heard of it before. Uh, I haven't heard it before, but it, it makes perfect cool. sense because like, I bet you the companies like Uber and all these massive um, corporations that are blowing up have the three figured out, right? Then that's why they're scaling right. at such a crazy rate. But if we had to pick two, I definitely know what comes to the forefront uh, in my mind. It's that time. 
time by far is the one that we haven't been able to 100% get figured out. Nope. Uh, and it's just because, you know, it, it it feels like a lot starting a business and we always want, we'll never sacrifice quality and we're never going to gouge our customers mm-hmm. on cost. We want to bring right. a, a fair market price to them yeah. and we want it to be ultra premium all the time. Yep. The amount of meticulous work we put into, even when we're packaging it, which we do by hand currently, yeah. all of our products and send them out. Um, we never sacrifice quality and we never want to gouge our customer. The hard part is time. You guys still mm-hmm. do, you do all your packaging by hand still? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone gets sent out with love. Oh, man. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That, that's, that's really awesome. Um, now, another question for you, because this, this does go back to the beginning. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of these videos and we had a conversation about this about two years ago. And it was when you went overseas to try and figure out, I guess, like, hey, we don't know anything about this. Let's go see what we can learn about the textile industry. Can you, Pretty much. <laughs> can you just share a little bit of that story, please? Sure. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our next product. So cool. Hey, good job. High fives. We sold a product to a human being that we did not know. And that was the objective. We said, hey, can for can us for $1,000 figure this out? We have to learn all these cool things. We're going to gain an awesome skill set. And since we're coming at service, who knows? Might work. And it did. And you know, we were still in the early phases of business. So we started kind of getting a little bit more confident in ourselves mm-hmm. and like feeling too good. And like, you know, we were like, oh, you know what? Like we got this this figured out. And it it put us at a place where we were opening ourselves up to blind spots. So we kind of had a lot of confidence and we took this trip to Vietnam to source out manufacturers. That right. was the purpose of the trip. And we also had a lot of fun too. We'll Definitely. also include some videos of that <laughs> in, in the, the show notes. The show Absolutely. Notes Vietnam sure. was epic. <laughs> but the, the next And, and pro- you, had, you had never set foot there before, right? Like no. how, how much knowledge of Vietnam did you have before you left? Zero. I barely knew where it was on the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. But we had the second idea for a product. So why we actually ended up going to Vietnam was obviously apparel. So we wanted to get into the clothing game and we didn't really know what that was going to look like until one day we were training and I was outside and we're in Canada, nice and brisk evenings. And I had worn a sweater, a hoodie to the class and we were outside cooling off talking and uh class was over but for whatever reason you know you you spent three hours in a gi and when you're not really thinking i I, for whatever reason thought i was still wearing my gi or still still wearing my my uh hoodie I, i was wearing my hoodie and went to go i thought i was wearing the hoodie so i went to go turn up put up the hoodie but i forgot that i was wearing my gi and that was when we had the idea for the hood gi a hoodie that's made out of gi material and this one this product kind of put us on the map and kudos to eric because he sat down and he sketched this thing and like put it all together and thought it all out like he showed me the sketch i was like yeah, great. Like, what, that that's cool. How are but we going to figure that out? We figured it out, and we, we shipped over um, the designs. We did a lot of back and forth yep. um, overseas, and mm-hmm. we, we got the product, and we put it on the shelves, and it started to sell. And it's really kind of what put Budo Brothers on the map. Absolutely. The hood gi is definitely by far the product um, we could say is what sparked us to mm-hmm. to having this community and 
and uh, the small yeah. following we have. Totally. Is it is it a struggle keeping those things in stock? A hundred percent. You have no idea. <laughs> like they, it's crazy. So when you combined a when you combine a strong demand with our inability to source product properly, we are constantly <laughs> either underestimating demand and selling out way too quick, or taking way too long right. to be reloaded. And Eric is a. Uh, uh, for lack of a better word, thread Nazi. Oh boy! <laughs> if there's hanging threads, uh, there's one. Now every single piece that goes out is inspected by Kyle or myself. And when we do these inspections, I expect as a tier one manufacturer for a tier one company that the product should be a tier one product. Well, I'll I'll clarify, I'll clarify what this means in like how Eric actually does it. So Eric has tweezers and he'll pull out every freaking thread mm-hmm. and he puts it <laughs> in a ball that he then takes pictures of every thread and sends it to the manufacturers <laughs> being like, why is this here? Why is this here? And we'll, what he calls blow up their inbox oh. full of like a hundred pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Of, but it's it's hard because that being said, it's not only the threads, but the manufacturing quality is very hard to find. It you is. have like things where there's damaged products, the red strings sewed in Ugh. randomly, and so like that eats into right. your margin because we don't sell it. You don't sell it, and it's it's it, we can't give it to a customer because yeah. it's not quality. So we've made lots of donations to our local shelter with fresh product. Oh, that's excellent. And in the merchandise game, unfortunately, size matters. Mm -hmm. Like the size of your orders puts you into a better category of supplier. Mm -hmm. Like when you're ordering 100,000 pieces, you not only get a lower cost per piece, but you get a way better quality manufacturer. So, so let me, let me follow this up with a question about your mindset going into this. All right. There's, there are a lot of people and I'm sure some are listening that have this, this mindset or have this block that they want to do something and they have a dream and they have an idea and, and it is, it's, it's been chasing them in some cases for years and years and years. And their initial thing, when, when you talk about like, dude, we scrounged together a grand and we went to Vietnam, right? Um, which sounds really outrageous. And so you have people that are sitting there saying, I can't do that. This is too hard. And I'm not even going to try. What is it that was in your heads at the time that was just like, you know, where, where did you get the faith from to go ahead and do this and, and be like, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And let's just go where, where was that? And where did that come into play? And, and just to kind of follow up, was there ever a moment where you had just like endless doubt about what you two were doing? Great question. And I just look at the mindset that we were in when we started Budo Brothers, and it was a mindset of wanting to learn. It's being that perpetual student. And so when we attacked it, that's what gave us some incredible armor that made us not uh, – I'm sorry. I didn't check what competing Hanbo manufacturer I – like, I didn't do a SWOT analysis. <laughs> I wasn't treating this like – I was treating this as an education. 
And when when we're that's really what it was about. Let's go learn. Let's go get better. Let's go learn new skills. Let's go meet new people and let's go have fun on the journey. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey and think of all the amazing things we're going to learn along the journey. And we constantly have to remind ourselves to always stop and smell the flowers and just be so grateful for where you are right now without thinking about where you're going to be or where that where that next milestone is where are you right now and what's your mindset are you learning are you growing are you serving and and tap into that and you know what's funny is that eric and i are both very entrepreneurial and we've tried multiple businesses multiple businesses before uh we started buddha brothers and i don't think either of us really thought buddha brothers was going to be a giant cash cow meal ticket and you know initially when we were creating businesses it's like all right how do we create a three million dollar company and we'd start with like how are we going to make this Mm -hmm. how are i i going to serve myself and create something that's a money machine Mm -hmm. because i'm an entrepreneur and i i i i i i and we just went with we initially kind of became like best friends yeah on a trip we went to montreal and you know we had a blast traveling having a good time and chopping a video we made a video making a sweet video that we played that we were just like man that's so freaking wicked and we didn't know it at the time but that was kind of the spark of it it was a foreshadowing of things to come if that if that life was a movie that was like whoa these two dudes love hanging out having fun and document documenting it and making cool videos the only purpose for that video in montreal was to capture the moment capture and just we were with our families yeah show our show our friends show our families and like hey you know what when you celebrate life this is how enjoyable it can be absolutely and then so we came back from that and we we started hanging out more and i think we did a couple more trips and then we realized like We've always known, but we wanted to do a business together because we're both friends and we wanted to work together. And, you know, a lot of people say that you shouldn't mix business and friendship, but like we both operate 100% all the time. Our passion, our life, we always are thinking about it. We're always talking about it is entrepreneurship and business. Yep. And so we created a friendship around that, around that. And with that, it's it's like woven into the DNA of how we hang out and what we do. For sure. And it, it it supplements the fun that we have. So when we're having fun, we're also working on um, Budo Brothers. And that's the magic. Yeah, and that is the magic. And that's why we're able to get through the times when we had three followers and nothing really mattered. And so when we wanted to start, we said, what do we both love to do? And we both love martial arts. Mm-hmm. We love to do martial arts. And we had this we have this crazy saying, when passion meets service, you find your purpose. And when we started Budo Brothers, we started to feel like we were on purpose. We were doing things for the right purpose. And for me, I can't really speak for Eric, it was a feeling that kind of drove it. It felt correct. Like you know, there's so right. many, th- yep. yeah. There's so many things out there right now that can drown out your inner voice and your inner person. Social media is a distraction. Television, friends, but like when you sit there and you take a second and you meditate on it or you think quietly to yourself, and you know that internal gut feeling or that internal sound. For me, that's what made me 
pursue Budo Brothers because somewhere deep down inside, even as quiet as it was, it's like, this feels right. Mm-hmm. It feels good. And when it feels right, it feels good and you're having fun. You don't really care if you're going to make a mistake or if, like, it didn't work next mm-hmm. week because I wasn't going to lose Eric as a friend. And mm-hmm. the worst we're going to lose out financially was a thousand bucks. So, yeah, it, let's go have some fun. It was a no lose situation. Yeah. And that's literally what we try to do is structure no-lose situations so that if, if, if we get a batch of terrible product, we still win because we get to go serve the community by putting, blind, by putting sweaters over people that need clothing. We win. Absolutely. And I, th- I think every martial artist knows, every person knows that – you grow the most after a hard time or a failure when you persevere through that lesson. And so that's kind of what we, we discovered. Right. Well, I mean, it's, there, there's something to be said for that, that the obstacles are opportunities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I suppose, too, um, you know, you can, you know, somebody can take just to just to, to kind of circle this back around as to that person that's sitting there wondering if they can do this sort of thing. Right. And you can you know, if, if I was sitting here with a couple hundred bucks and I had an idea for this product, um, you know, if you can spend you guys could have made the decision to spend a thousand dollars on books and videos and sat at home and read books and watched videos Um you would have missed out on Vietnam's food, certainly. Yeah. Uh, big, but also just the the experience of being out there and doing it, um, and I, I think that really does come into focus with the lens that you guys have, which is, you know, let's let's not. This isn't, you know, we're not trying to be, uh, you know, the the next, um, you know, the next Gap store or what have you. You know, we're just trying to learn and we're going to have successes on the ways we're going to have failures on the way. And that's going to help us learn, you know, that we're going to learn more. Um, and I think that's an important thing for, for anybody because people do tend to look, you know, we, we, we kind of have this Instagram society where you always see the best of everyone, the best picture, the best filter, uh, the best pose, the best everything. And you don't realize that there's a lot of trial and error. There are a lot of failures along that way. And those are the things that get you to the point where you can actually, you know, you can actually succeed. Um, it's so true. On that, can you give me can you give me an epic failure and and give me a, a one one that was a real lesson for you guys that you were able to learn from? Hmm. Now there is a lot of these, and we have screwed okay. up a <laughs> lot of things. Uh, again, not we're knowing what probably we're probably messing something up right now. No, we are. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I can point. To it. <laughs> I can point to it. Yeah. <laughs> One one that sticks out the most was probably the time where we needed to get our wings clipped. And that's what I love about the way the world works. When you get too extreme to one side or the other, you know, if you're way on a pedestal, life has a tendency to correct you and bring you back down. And when you're at the bottom of the pit, life also has a tendency to correct that and bring you back up. And so when we look at these challenging times – we, we literally have gone through so many challenges that we persevered through, that pushed through, that we then became grateful for what on the surface looked like an absolute disaster, but 
once we went through the challenge, got through the challenge, we got the gift on the other side. And that gift on the other side is something that you don't think of. You're you're not saying, if I do this, then that'll happen. You're just right. battling the storm that life has thrown at you, and you don't give up, and you do push through, and you do Past the level. Once you pass that level, you elevate to, all right, boom, here's the gift. Hey, you made it this far. And guess what? Get ready for the next wave of bullshit that's going to come your way because it's there to teach you more things that you don't know. It's there to challenge you and make us grow. And that's exactly the progression of Budo Brothers as we've been bouncing along the rivers of this wild journey. That's exactly what it is. It's one challenge after another that makes us learn, grow, and become better and has gotten us to the point where we're at today. Yeah, there's this cool little, uh, there's this cool little story I I recently heard, and it, there's a story about this the stone, and the stone was found deep in the ground, and a sword maker found it, and it ripped the stone from its home, and it took it to its shop, where it continued to just put it in fire and just pound the shit out of it, and it just started king, king, king king and the stone was like so pissed off it just got hammered it was ripped from its home and it was like going through all this struggle and then the sword maker decides to just put it back in the fire again and beat it and beat it and beat it and fold it and beat it and fold it and beat it and fold it and the stone is just fed up and freaking tired and then the sword maker decides to throw it in the heat one more time and grind its skin off but then after the sword maker shows itself in the mirror and it's this beautiful katana and it's the sharpest steel and this beautiful object that you have. And the sword realized that it had to go through all the, sort, the, 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 the turmoil, the trouble, and the perseverance in order to make it to the other side and be formed, be created into this new thing, this beautiful piece of art or this deadly weapon or however it is you want to use it. And we're kind of in that metamorphic phase right now. Like we're just getting hammered by blow after blow after blow by like taxes, cash flow cash issues, flow issues uh, full-time jobs, manufacturing the full-time jobs. Like we are getting hammered. Like we don't sleep. We uh, work all the freaking time. <laughs> yeah. Like we have no friends other than the two of us who hang yeah. out, which makes it easy to think you're sweet. When there's only two of you, but uh <laughs> We've been getting hammered nonstop, and we're in this very malleable metaf- metamorphic state, and we're so interested to see where it goes. And we kind of just more go through the mindset of service. We want to serve people, and we listen. We try to listen to the response after service, and we try to build Budo Brothers on that response. And a big reason why we started this podcast is so that we could communicate and connect with even more people absolutely all right so um so gentlemen we're gonna we're gonna finish this up and uh it's good for our our first start here this is pretty epic and i'm just thinking like let's let's kind of wrap this up with some closing thoughts in regards to starting a journey right and and uh we talked a bit about your journey start and just um just just what comes to mind for you uh, as something to, to kind of uh, to kind of wrap up the beginning, uh, the gestation of Budo Brothers, as it were. Go for it. I love just just even the words starting a journey, right? Like just just to think about the, the first word is start. And 
any journey takes a first step, right? And we can all sit on the couch and think about the dreams that are flashing before our eyes that we don't get up to take the first step to walk towards. But at the same time, the journey, and this is this is the, the best part, when we're talking business, the journey of entrepreneurship is not about you. The market does not care what you feel, why, how hard, it, and blah, blah. It's not about you. The journey in entrepreneurship is about serving other people. And I think any journey, when you start with service, you got nothing to worry about. And it's it's so cool. When you start with service, there is a no a no lose situation you create. There's no way to lose. And we were talking a while ago and we were kind of saying that, you know, yeah, you are so people are, so many people are focused on the end point, but it is about the journey. And along the journey, if you consider it like a song, like a symphony, right? And that life is this beautiful sonnet. And in that sonnet there's high notes and then there's low notes. The high notes, everything's up there. The world is great. It's fantastic. But then you got those low notes, those hard times and that struggle. And you can't have one without the other. And you know, a lot of people in entrepreneurship focus on the end game and what entrepreneurship can produce. The cars, the money, the status, and all of those things. But to get to a lot of those things, it's the low notes that you have to fight through. And kind of where we're at is like forget the high and low and try to just ride both as a continuous journey. Mm-hmm. And to just just to let them happen and to flow with it, that flow state, that, that, that place of presence and mm-hmm. that place of being. And when you kind of get into there, it's just it is things happen and you kind of just exist and it becomes so much more about the journey like for me right now Budo Brothers like obviously is about serving people but also too just hanging out with my best friend talking about martial arts and just connecting with people like you David and just enjoying life as is in the present yeah. moment and sharing it and and that's that i think is our secret sauce is that everything that we're doing we, it's not for us it's for everyone hey cool hey we, we just met this amazing martial artist he's got some really cool things to talk about share it get it out there get connect more people together to learn and to grow and and that's why we turn the cameras on mm-hmm. we turn the cameras on because we love it so much that we want to share these experiences with people and capture these moments, capture real time. And you know, for the people that can't make it to Vietnam, for the people that are hard on their luck, for the people who need a little bit of kick or motivation or support, like we're putting out this content mm-hmm. for you. Exactly. And we want to communicate with you because people just want to be heard and want to share what they love. And, you know, that's what we want to do is we want to find the people who love the same things we love and just keep growing and learning together. Excellent. Man, that's beautiful. Um, it's, and, and the thing is, too, I, I think it all, <clears throat> it all comes down to you're, you're resonating with people and, mm-hmm. you know, really, really kind of connecting in that way. And, and when it's like that, man, everybody's just kind of hanging out together, which sort of makes it awesome. Like, you know, people listening right now, they're, they're hanging out with you. You know, and that's that's the that's the stuff right there. 
Um, so, so guys, we'll wrap it up right there for our first one, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, uh, thank you all. And, uh, and I guess, uh, we'll catch everybody on the next episode, right? I mean, there we go. We got to do this more. And and David, just like you said, hanging out and having a conversation. And that's, I think what I would love to see out of this is just to connect and talk about the awesome things in life that are going on. And if at the end of the day, somebody walks away, learning something has a new perspective gets a little bit more excited about life in general than our job's done. And, and I think um, also important to mention if anybody is listening and they need to reach out in terms of, if it's in terms of martial arts, if they just want to say hi, if it's entrepreneurship, um, I know from my experience with you guys, you're very available. Uh, you know, you're, you're always there and around busy, sure. But you guys get back to people, um, you always. know, and, and that's huge. It, it just, it kind of feels like we're all buddies and, uh, and that's pretty epic. So, so I'd say, uh, if you're thinking about reaching out, just do it, you know, say yep. hi and, and connect and, and let's kind of keep this community going. Absolutely. <laughs> on your platform of choice. Yep. Find us on any of the internet. things. <laughs> <laughs> all of the internet things. That's right. All right, guys, we're going to close it up right there. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll catch you. uh, We'll catch everybody on the next one. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for joining us.